State your name, please. Ava. And who are you to me, Ava? Your daughter. Oh, that's right, you are. Some of you may remember my daughter, Ava, from the third episode of The Nexus, when she made a rather pointed comment about my work habits during lockdown. How do you feel about how much mommy and daddy work when they're at the house? I don't like it. What don't you like about it? You guys take too many meetings, and I want to hang out with you guys more at home. She was absolutely right, of course, but what we didn't discuss is that this problem predated the pandemic. I, like many of you, was slave to a greedy job. One that demands you put all other considerations aside and prioritize its needs and only its needs. A greedy job is a lot like the T-800 from the Terminator movies. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, there's nothing like a global health crisis to help us come to our senses and see the impact of greedy jobs on our lives and those of our loved ones and inspire us to make a conscious effort to change. It did for me, at least. But for anyone thinking we've shaken off greedy jobs for good, our guest on today's podcast is a bit of advice. Pump the brakes. Her name is Julie Morgenstern. She is a productivity consultant as well as a New York Times bestselling author and speaker. According to Julie, just because we're so aware of a problem that we've given it a cute name doesn't mean that the problems of greedy jobs no longer persist. Things like burnout and gender pay imbalances. Nope, if we really want to put greedy jobs in the rear view, we'll need to be vigilant, take action. And telling us what those actions might be is why Julie Morgenstern is joining us at the Nexus. We probably need to level set a little bit to start and tell us what to your mind is a greedy job. A greedy job would be a job that basically takes all of an employee's time without any regard for acknowledgments for their whole life. It's just I only care about what you do at work and what our needs are here and whatever is happening in your personal life, you figure that out on your own. That's how I would define a greedy job. We're seeing perhaps a distinction between what could be described as a greedy job, but are we really talking about greedy managers or greedy companies? It's a habit. Greedy job might be a greedy industry and it might be the way a company is structured where it really did only focus on people's work lives. COVID changed all of that. Every company has a culture of time. It is driven very often by senior leaders, the way they operate. And you will often see that very high achieving, very driven leaders who are fueled by work, love work, are energized by work and have a low need for a personal life or their personal time. They set the culture unconsciously for their entire organization. I speak to CEOs or C-suites about the culture of time in their company. And they don't realize that they are what I would call a time leader. You are time leaders, whether you're aware of it or not. 
The way you operate has a domino effect all the way through your organization. So if you spend all your day in meetings, because that's the way you like to get work done is all in meetings and you don't have to do much thinking time, but you just want to meet, 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 meet. That ripples all the way down through your organization. Now, every leader within your organization is spending all their day in meetings, but they may need time to think, to build the strategy, to come to the meeting and present. You need to be conscious that your own work habits or work preferences are setting a culture that everyone is following. Do you want a back-to-back meeting culture that leaves no time for thinking? Because if you do, that time for thinking is going to come out of people's evenings and weekends. If you're writing emails 24-7 or you're like comfortable writing things at 11 o'clock at night and you say, you don't have to respond to me until the morning, everybody who is below you is going to check their email at 11.05 p.m. Because what if one of their peers does and their voice gets cut out? So you have to be aware of the way you operate. That's why I wouldn't use the term greedy which has such a negative connotation. I think it's unconscious. It's an unconscious way of operating. I'm wondering how much of a generational component factors into this because I'm certain many leaders are older and they were perhaps seeing millennials coming into their business that are probably digging their heels in. And now thanks to the pandemic, everyone's kind of doing the same thing as well. How real is that component? And are you getting a sense from the leaders you talk to that they're being mindful of their need to lean into this a little bit more? I do think there's a generational component. Older workers who are in leadership positions grew up in a culture of overwork. You work hard, you work long, that's how you win. And it's a badge of honor. And that really was our culture of work for many, 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 many years. And then younger people came in who, first of all, were raised by those parents, those parents never being home, those parents never being at the dinner table fully present. They're like, I don't want to work like my dad or my mom. I want to work. I want to have a good job, but not at the complete sacrifice of my personal life, of my health, of my social life, of my family. The older workers, they're sort of like, wow, it's kind of cool that you could actually have time to exercise, (laughs) have an evening off, have a weekend to yourself. But how the heck do you do that without sacrificing your success? So I think older workers somewhat hunger for that, but they are afraid of it both for themselves because they never operated that way. And they also can misinterpret it as these people don't want to work. I disagree. I think younger people want good, meaningful work that satisfies and gratifies their talents and skills, but not at the expense of their whole lives. Based on what you're talking about now, in your opinion, what does the future hold for an unconscious job in this new environment? What's the future for them? It becomes self-selecting. Banking has really struggled to adapt to this new balance, but they have lost junior bankers in droves who refuse to work 14 and 15 hour days. They don't want to do it. But you're either going to end up with people self-selecting and the people who are, we'll call them for lack of a better term, the workaholics that love work, really don't care if they're only sleeping four or five hours a night. That's what that industry will become. Or 
What I hope is going to happen is that we recognize what we have to do is build norms and an environment at work that is an antidote to the culture of overwork, but creates an environment that brings up peak performance and stops wasting people's time during the workday where there's time leaks everywhere in the, in the culture of overwork. Inefficient meetings, ridiculous amounts of out of control, email, slack, instant messaging, and no time to think and no time for relationship building no time for renewal. If you build those space for those things, I really, really believe because I've witnessed it, company doesn't have to sacrifice their success. They actually are just sort of updating their operating model and then they will thrive and be smarter with more balance. If you wanted to do one thing different to meet the world where it's going, to meet your workers where they're going, talk to them about the edges of their workday. When do they start and when do they finish and make it explicit, not implicit, and talk to them about how they're spending their time off in a way that restores and renews them. You want those conversations happening between managers and direct reports. You'll start to see a shift because people will have permission to put up edges coming from the company and they feel cared for and they feel acknowledged. They care about me as a whole person and they care that I have edges. It's the one change that you can make without investing any more money and you'll see a change. The effect of greedy or unconscious jobs was probably asymmetric, probably because working mothers in particular were still managing a lot of a home life as well as work life. I'm curious to know how a post pandemic world where greedy jobs are perhaps less of a concern? What does it mean for them? Because on the one hand, I've heard that it could be great. On the other hand, I've heard about a mass exodus of working moms from the workforce because they can no longer manage both their careers and their personal lives. Through the pandemic, I did so many presentations for the working moms who were just spread so thin managing remote work and remote learning. And it was so draining and so difficult for them to do. And I think they're still suffering, feeling really like they were failing in both. At any given moment, they were supposed to be doing two things at the same time. And I think women are not happy to go back. They really want to be there somewhat for their families and for their kids and not feel like they're failing at work and failing their families. Younger men, men in their 30s and their 40s, really do want to also be there for their families. That has shifted and I have watched that over the decades. Men want balance, get their time in order. They want to be more efficient at work so that they can be there for their families and also have time for self-care. I think those are universal issues. And every executive listening to this, you probably crave that too. If we just recognize the whole person, it's the starting point to say, what do you need? Predictable edges to their workday is really more valuable than if you get your work done, then you can go home. We're kind of flexible. People need those edges and to be able to predict them and plan them. Julie, all this talk of putting up edges to your work has me thinking about the meme of the summer, quiet quitting. Yeah. It's about 
essentially protecting your life outside of work because you can't expect your greedy job or perhaps your greedy manager to protect it for you. And I guess it feels a little bit like a passive protest that the people who choose to do it know will end badly for them because they can't expect their bosses or their jobs to understand why it is they're putting up edges in the first place. I want to pivot away from that a little bit and talk about those people who, yeah, they're tired, their work demands a lot of them, but the work itself is something that still gives them life to some degree. They don't do it for no reason. Uh, They haven't given up on the work, even if they've perhaps given up on the way that they do it. How do they get back to where they were before? Like, what can they do that would be restorative? When you are feeling de-energized, demotivated, burnt out, depressed, all of those things that make it really hard to show up, this is my recommendation. You do one thing for your community or for someone else, which gives you a sense of meaning and purpose and value that motivates you to do something for yourself, which gives you the energy and the perspective to do something for your family. And that gives you the motivation to do something great for work, which gives you the income and the stability that you can then go back and contribute to your community. So it's kind of a circular wheel, one, two, three, four, community, self, family, work. If you are able to do those other things, you show up ready to deliver. You have energy, you're motivated, you're refreshed, you have perspective, and you can knock it out of the park. And the curtain has been ripped open, and it's never going to be closed again, nor should it. Julie, you were delightful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anytime. Is your company rife with greedy jobs? Is chronic overwork making your people feel like they're fighting a losing battle against cybernetic organisms? Well, then maybe it's time to consider some new ways of working, or maybe an employee-friendly employee value proposition, and for that, I invite you to give Nexus a call. For more than two decades, we have been helping make workplaces get friendlier with industry-leading strategies and tactics, and guess what? You can do the same thing for you, too. Find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. And if you like what you heard today, then feel free to rate us or comment on us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you indulge your podcast in. The Nexus is produced by Alexa Paveo and Mertz Jaffer with editing and sound design by Justin Moy. And it's hosted by Ava's dad, which is me. I'm Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.